Welcome to another episode of Living and Ultra Life. My name is Mike, and I'm your host. And this week, I am joined by a local Hampton Roads, I'd, I'd almost say legend, but oh. she's, she's too young to be a legend. So iconic figure in the in the running sport in Hampton Roads. And I've run a bunch of her races, and I discovered today that this lady is one heck of a runner, too. So I am so excited to be joined by Ellen Alexander, the director and owner of Happy Cat Events. And Ellen, are you ready to go for a run? Uh, sure, I'm ready. All right, awesome. So let's kind of start off with who is Ellen Alexander and what do you do when you're not running some of the most fun races in Hampton Roads? Thanks for having me. I do Happy Cat events um, as a part-time gig. Normally, I have a uh, a full-time job, unfortunately. So my full-time job is a, uh, it sounds fun, but it isn't. It's a wholesale florist. So I deal with all of the crazy bride people dealing with brides and all of that stuff and all the flower industry, which is, is uh, very frustrating to deal yeah, with. This is but why I, we need to get Happy Cat yeah. Events a full-time gig, I don't know. we? <laughs> so I've been in flowers since I was 16 years old. So it's kind oh of goodness. like, it calls me back constantly, unfortunately. But I was, uh, I was in flowers. I got out of flowers and I started doing personal training, um, which I did really enjoy. And I was coaching some uh, high school cross-country track um, and some kids uh, track teams and stuff like that. And then uh, I started working for the Parks and Rec Department in James City County. And they are just crazy enough there to just kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. Um, I had just done my first ultra when I turned 40. So that was 12 years ago. Okay. And I kind of had that ultra bug. That was the Highland Sky 40 miler was my first one Fine. when I turned 40. And still to this day, I would say is my favorite course. So I asked my boss, I said, can I, you know, in James City County, we have so many beautiful parks. And so I said, uh, can I put on a 50K in Freedom Park? Because it has like 20 miles of mountain bike trails in there. She hesitantly said, okay. So I started putting on the single track maniac and that was back in 2013 and, uh, got going that long. I did not. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That was the very first one. And you know, all of my races are on the smaller side, but I like that can definitely have more of a personal touch. So, you know, we, we, we try to get about a hundred people and it's really the only ultra right in Williamsburg. So that was kind of cool. And such a rewarding thing just to see people tackle that distance on those challenging trails because they're not oh, easy. Yeah. No, none of them um, are easy. That's one of the things yeah. about your courses yeah. is they're not, you know, like breezy courses. There's a little bit of challenge to them and you got to think a little bit on them. So I, I, that's one of the things I love about them. Well, and I think you did, you did the Midnight Maniac, right? I've done like both the, the Midnights. So I've done the, the March. March one and then I did the November one. Yeah. I've done the summer really, really hot one. Oh, the seven um, hour one. Right. Yeah, the seven hour right. soupy seven. Yep. Yeah. Um and then I I've done the snowy the snowy, snowy owl. owl. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, that's in and, January. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so I've done I've done a couple of your races and then of course, you know, uh, just recently did your new one, which was right, an absolute hour. blast. I, I I hope more people get into that because that was 
a great 24 hour event. So, well, and that yeah. course is a fairly, so some of my races like that midnight maniac and the 24 hour, the courses themselves, the trails are not as difficult, but you know, you throw something in there like the midnight maniac where you're running all night or the 24 hour where it's 24 hours. And you know, that's what adds kind of that real challenging element to it. Right. So when I was with Parks and Rec, I also started the Midnight Maniac, which they thought I was insane. And then I had some things in my life change and I had to start making more money. Okay. So Parks and Rec, not the most financially rewarding, although very rewarding. I loved it there, but I just needed to to get somewhere where I could make more money. So I had to go back into, unfortunately, the flower realm. Oh, my goodness. So what that year was called, that? Let's see. That would have been about eight years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've been with my current company for seven years, and I was with another one for a year. So Okay. So I went back into the flower realm and I still put on the single track maniac with the county for a couple years. And then I decided uh, to go ahead and start Happy Cat Events. So that would have been about six years ago. Okay. And I asked them if it was okay if I continue the race, you know, without them. And they were like, sure, we don't really want it anymore. It's oh, fine. That's awesome. So I had that one. And then I've just found that with the dissatisfaction faction that I feel in my job, every time I sort of get frustrated, I just want to come up with another race because it gives me this sort of rush of happiness. Right. So that's why I now have eight races. That's I wish so I could awesome. do more, but you know, the flower industry is very holiday oriented. Right. So I kind of have to work around, you know, I can't take but so much time off for the races. So I kind of squeeze them in wherever I can. And, um, and they are truly this, you're still continuing to run ultra marathons, right? Well, I was I was not running as many ultras as a lot of folks do. I was running several a year up to just the last couple of years. And I like to tackle. Well, I. Yeah, I did that 40 miler. And then um, I was fascinated with the 24 hour distance only because, okay. you know, what the heck happens to you during it? You know, like what what happens to your mind? What happens to your body? And so I wanted to try that. And I was doing I, I'm not a high mileage runner. I, I just am not. My body doesn't respond to that, but I do like to do a lot of cross training. So okay. I was doing things for a while, like teaching spin. Um, I teach rowing, uh, doing CrossFit, CrossFit endurance, these different things. In addition to running maybe 15 miles a week, yeah. up to 20 miles a week. And I tackled my 24 hour, the, um, the run for cancer, that one. Mm. And I, it was my first one and I was able to do 90 miles. Wow. Which, you know, averaging after, 15 hours, 15 miles a week, you did 90 miles out of 24. Right. And that's, just, that's that was like a kind of a light bulb, you know, for me, as far as, um, you know, the capabilities of a human just pretty much running on a mental, the mental element of it, and obviously figuring out food and all of that, but that I didn't have to put in tons of miles and take away from family time and all that, you know, put doing all day long runs and everything. So I did that. I did some, you know, 50 milers, 50 Ks. I tackled the grindstone, which 
was the hundred miler that I did. Yes. Yeah. And that one was crazy because again, I really wasn't running a ton. I was doing a lot of single leg strength training, all that good stuff that you should do. But I went to that. So just by myself. Oh, wow. You went solo. No crew. Wow. I was by myself and it was that year. There was a year where maybe it was 2015 where they had a government shutdown. So they had to move the date. And so like half the people couldn't do it. So it was very small field. And then I forgot my watch. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So my whole concept of time during that race was so weird. You know, I had no concept of what, how long it had taken me to get. Oh from, yeah, because you're you just know. going from aid station to aid right. station. Right, no I had idea no idea how long it's taken. Wow, it was very bizarre. And uh, I did finish, and I wrote myself a letter that I would never do that race again. <laughs> so I, yeah, that was a one and done. I, I wonder um, how many people have run grindstone and said, "Okay, never doing that <laughs> one <never> again." <laughs> a lot. That's a tough a course. That is a, a really tough course. Um, so you know, I wouldn't say that I am a, a a talented ultra runner by any stretch, but I I really enjoy just what happens to me during the race, and then I I like to watch other people kind of going through things during the races that I put on and I kind of know how to help them through, you know? So I've moved from doing as many ultras. I have some back issues that are kind of hindering me a little bit to putting on more. And I I really felt like I was going to have FOMO doing it, but I really don't. I really, it's so much fun to just watch people tackle something that's really, really hard And then you just see on their face how proud they are of themselves. And I think it really gives them what they need to tackle things in other areas of their life. You know, it, it really translates, I think. So that's kind of what I feel like I'm trying to train people to do is to prepare themselves for things that can happen in life and to, to feel more armored to, to handle it. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, running an ultra marathon is like a microcosm of life. You know, if you, if you take a 24 hour race, it's like squeezing all of life into this 24 hour picture. Cause you're going to, yeah. you're going to experience everything in a 24 hour race that you will go through in life. Right. So go experience right. it during a 24 hour race. It, it'll prepare you for everything that you need yeah. to prepare in life. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And for some people who maybe that's a little bit too big of a challenge, at least at first, some of the shorter trail races that are difficult that I put on, like the Snowy Owl is not easy. You know, it can it can be like a stepping stone. You know, it, yes. it can be enough for some people to do or, that. Taskinus Creek. It's yeah. a half marathon. Right. You right. know, I mean, it's one of those you put on a lot of these races that they're not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But you can go out and you're going to run them in in a day and you're going to be home. So, you, right. you know, you know, you're going to you're going to go out, you're going to do this and then you're going to go home. But you're going to experience the toughness. And I think that's what I like yeah. about your events. Yeah. No, for sure. So let's, let's kind of go through your your races kind of from because I guess we're we're getting ready to start another season, right? Because uh, Green Springs ended it. So now aren't we getting right. ready to go into the the new season? 
Yeah. So the, the snowy owl is January 7th. That's at York River State Park. And that's a 10 miler. And quite a bit of it is on like a single track type of trail. And I, you know, it's, it's really a little bit too nice, but finishing on the road on a downhill, that's not really something that I normally would do. But the course just ended up that way because that's a right. little too easy at the end. Yep. But I mean, who knows what weather you're going to get for that. So, oh, yeah. Mid January, correct? It's the seventh. So it's, it's right at the beginning of January. Okay. Perfect. So, so yeah, that one's January. And then I have, uh, April is the single track maniac. And I have a race director for that one this year, Erin Williams. Oh, cool. Um, who's a talented ultra runner. And that was her first 50K. I reached out to the trail community last year to see if anybody was interested in being a race director for me because I was finding that all of my vacation time, I wasn't actually able to do any relaxation at all. Right. So, Either you know, you're, you're planning which, a race. Or... I mean, I love, I love doing the race. And, and if I think, Oh, I've got a, I've got vacation next week. I'm going to put on a race. It's like that. I look forward to it. You know I mean? It's right. a lot of fun, but sometimes you have to have some downtime. So Aaron's going to direct that one and it's a, the 50 K. And then I added um, a couple years ago, the Cray Cray 10 K, which is just a little piece of the 50 K course to give sort of a little taste. It's yep. actually the hardest trail on the 50 K course, but awesome. I figured, you know, for spouses or friends or, you know, some people they'll do the Cray Cray 10 K and then they'll volunteer afterward or whatever. So and it, sing, um, single track maniac. That's the one near jolly ponds is that right yeah that's um freedom park but it starts and finishes at lewis hornsby which is right on jolly pond road okay yeah yeah so i added a new race to the end of april which is going to be the arbor day 15k okay that's a new race for 2024 but it is basically the same course as the crazy eight miler which was in september Okay. Normally, I have decided I'm not doing any other races in September. I'm done with September. Forget okay. September. I'm, cool. You know, forget it. So I moved that race. And I'm changing the distance slightly because it's a really fun course. So I don't want to not have it, but I just wanted to move it out of September. So that's going to be at the end of April. What's that one called? The Arbor Day 15K. Okay. So I'm actually going to give little seedlings to everybody when they finish. Oh, cool. Um, little so I think that'll be fun. That is and awesome. yeah, then uh, May, I can't do anything because that's Mother's Day. Yeah, so yeah, although flowers, I am gonna flowers run, galore. Um, yeah, I'm going to run Grayson Highlands, cool. which I've always wanted to do because it looks so beautiful. It is gorgeous. You're going to love but it. But it's usually very close to Mother's Day and I can't do it. This year, it's two weeks out. So I oh, am signed perfect. up for that. And then I have the Taskinus Creek in June. That's the half marathon. Yeah. And uh, that's right at the beginning of that June. One? That's that one back at York, York River State York Park. River. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That is, a, it was a marathon the first year. And I changed it to a half marathon because the marathon, that's the only time I've ever had to have an ambulance come to a race. I mean, it was so hot. It was ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, and the, the one year that... I ran it, I, it was, <laughs> yeah. wow. Was that was it the marathon that you did the full marathon? No, I did the half oh, marathon, yeah. and it felt Even like that. I ran a hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. So imagine as no. a marathon. <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. no. Thank you. <laughs> it was. You know, I've, I had always wanted to put on a marathon. Okay. Um, but 
with with work, it, it's just tricky to find a, a time when I can do it. So that's what that had originally was going to be. But yeah, half marathon is all yep. that's going to be now. So so that one's in June. And then July, I have the Night Owl 9K. It's in the series in town that uh, it's the Colonial Roadrunner. It's in a Colonial Roadrunner series, okay. which I absolutely love because it forces all these roadrunners to have to run it. <laughs> that's awesome. So, you know, it's not a ton of single track. It's only a little over a mile, I think, of it is single track, maybe a mile and a half. The hills just beat the snot yeah. out of you. Yeah, and the hills, especially on the paved part, it's um, yes. it's very hilly. But it's it's always storming. It's always storming for that race. Yep. Um, you know, one year, it, it would think it was the second year, 2020, I think I saw that you did it in 2020. Yes. Um, yes. which is the when I had to do all the different start times because of COVID during that was the day. Weird. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was so strange. <laughs> but the cool thing was James City County let me still put on races, which was yes. great, you know. So and then the well, second and that's year, why I ended up signing up for it because yeah, it was one of the few one that of the only ones. didn't get canceled, yeah. you know. So yeah, it's like totally. yeah. <laughs> So the second year, it uh, the race went off, and there was a chance of storms, but all of a sudden, it got pitch dark. Oh no! And it's the lightning and thunder started, and it started to pour, and there were still people out on the course, oh, and they were like the walkers and stuff. Oh. So, but you know, the last part is paved at least, so they yeah. weren't out on the single track. But we had to send out a gator like to go pick up people. It was very scary. Wow. Um, but you know, people seem to they seem to like the rain. The runners seem to like the rain. They well, think you it's know, fun. because it's it's not hot when it's raining. Right, so. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that one's in July. And then the uh the the soupy seven I turned into a slightly different race last year. Okay. Which is a, a leftovers race format. Have you heard of that before? No. Tell it's me about this. It was a Canadian race that somebody just sent me. They're like, hey, look at this idea. So it's a race where you give out only leftover stuff. Sweet. So, so you like, get a like metal... the swag, the medals. <laughs> yeah, you get a medal stuff left from, over a from other race. races. You get a T-shirt from a different race. So it allows me because I have so much stuff usually left over. Yeah. So it's a leftovers race. And it was really fun this past year doing it that way. You know, so, if it wasn't in August, <laughs> we have to go for well, it just for you know, it's the fun of it. Yeah. Course now, I don't know when you did it. It's the same course now as the Green Springs Twenty Four. Oh, really? No, I yeah. did it the year. I can't remember oh, where we that did it. That was miserable. That was at yeah. New Porter Park, and uh, I yes, had trouble with it. that park. Oh that, my goodness! Wow. Yeah, I that, moved yeah. it. I remember so, I because I unmarked the course for you when, when oh, I finished yeah. because I came back and I knew I didn't have enough time to to do another loop. And uh -huh. so I was like, look, you know what? I, I'll wait for the last runner to leave and then I'll just go unmark the course for you so that, you know, you don't have to go do it later. So You were my hero that day. The last yeah. thing I wanted to do, and I'm sure you wanted to do, was to see that course again. So hard, so hot. Oh my gosh. That day was so, so stinking <laughs> hot. I just remember I, I everything melted. I mean, it was like yeah. I had this cooler full of ice and the first hour, the ice was all melted. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> now what? 
<laughs> and the part came to me like when there was a half hour to go and they're like, we're going to have to shut you down. It's 108 heat index. And I was like, well, it's too late now. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> They've already suffered yeah. through it. They're already dead. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. That was, uh, that was crazy. That was, I enjoyed it, but it was crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so then I, I skip ahead to um, October, which will be, this would be the third year for the, my first 50 Okay. Which I'm actually changing this next year. And the race director that helped me doesn't know it yet. But what happened this year is that it rained the entire right. time. So you have all these folks. They're new. They're all new. They've signed up for their first 50K or first 50 miler. Yeah. And, uh, and it is relentless rain on them on the single track trails of Freedom Park. Ugh. And a lot of them are just new trail runners. Yeah. Too. So they started um, crying to me, like, can I drop from a 50 miler down to a 50 K? And I had given them a lot of leeway to change distances up until a week before the race. And unfortunately I had to do the, the tough love card and yeah. say, no, I can't. That's not real. That's not what you're going to encounter. We're trying to get you ready for a regular ultra. You know, this is a very coddled, lots of aid stations, very long cutoff, you know, all this coddling. I can't do that because then you're going to stop for sure. Yeah. You know, if you signed up for a 50 miler and you're given the option to drop to a 50 K, of course you're going to, you know, so, cause you're going to feel like garbage. So I said no. And I had to DNF a lot of people, which I didn't like to have to do. Right. Um, but then a few people continued on and it was a, a, a really great experience. They, they were so proud of themselves. So that yeah, was worth they, it. They see. learned they had some perseverance. Yeah. They didn't think they yeah. had. So this next year, I'm going to change it to actually a 15 hour. Okay. And then that way. Oh, so you just run 15 hours and get yeah. what you can. It's a 10.3 mile loop. Okay. So, cause I also had some people that wanted to do a hundred K they wanted right. to do another loop. And I was like, well, it's called my first 50. That doesn't really work. You know? right. So now it's going to be a 15 hour, but I might am just gonna... have some people get a hundred K. Yeah. So when people sign up though, I'm going to note what they signed up for and I'm going to try and hold them to whatever they signed up. Like as far as Perfect. they're going to have a question that's going to say, what do you want to accomplish? And then we're going to hold them to that. You oh, know, that when a they're great ready. idea. Fantastic idea. Yeah. And then we won't have the DNFs, but, and then we can exactly. also have some recreational people that might just want to come out and do 20 miles or something. Exactly. Yeah. Just to too. just be part of community. Cause right. I mean, that's, right. that's part of one of the things that I love about your races is the community aspect of your races is phenomenal. The trail running community is absolutely amazing. I mean, amazing. It's, it's so fun. It's like a party every it single is. time I'm around it everybody. It's so fun. Um, another thing that I started up is because, I mean, hats off to the runners that win. I mean, it's yeah. great. You know, the talented runners are so amazing, inspiring, but there are a lot of people that run that get a personal record, um, that, and they're proud of themselves, but it doesn't really go recognized. Yes. So yeah. what I started doing, and I have a guy who made an app for me for my finish line and he's helping me implement this as well um is if you've done my race before like say you did the night owl um when you run it again 
if you get a PR over your previous time, then you get a special PR award. Oh, cool. Um, And it gets, I know right when you cross the finish line, if you got a PR or not. So we announce it, we can ring a bell um, and we make a big deal out of it because it is a big deal, Yeah, you know? Um, And so celebrating the people that aren't necessarily winning, um, but they're, you know, they're accomplishing something important. So I used to run this race out in the in Wyoming and they used to give an award to the DFL, the person right, who was dead last. Right. And I loved yeah. it because I mean yeah. it's like they're out there doing the same mileage, doing the same amount of hours, oftentimes twice Longer. as long as the yeah. people who podium. And right. you know what? They persevered and they kept on moving and finished yeah. the race and yeah. who cares if they're last. So I, I think that's, I think when race directors like you do stuff like this to recognize that, you know, 90% of the runners in your race are not going to podium. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then the last race is the green Springs 24, which we'll do again next year. And it sounds like we're going to have a lot of people coming back and a lot of people forming teams. And, you know, I'd like to, to do, I don't do a whole lot of like sponsorship kinds of things, but I'd like to do more of that to try and raise more money for the charity. Right. About the charity again, because they they were some neat folks. It's a charity for adult people with disabilities. So I have a friend who has a nephew who's in his twenties, and you know they're kind of once you're out of school, you're kind of left behind if you have intellectual disabilities. So. This is a program where they have all kinds of activities and you can meet friends, have socials, sports, uh, trips, all that for these folks. So it was a it was a godsend to my friend's nephew. And uh, that's how I learned about the organization. And then my race director, Darren, also had been touched by the organization with a family member of his. So it was meaningful to both of us. And, you know, they just do great work for those folks in the community. And we'd like to get some of the folks in the program actually to come out too next year. It's our first year, so we're just kind of dipping our toe in, but I'd like definitely like to build it. That being said, 200 people is, it's a little uncomfortable for me, really. I mean, anything over that and it's hard to return emails. I like to be able to communicate with everybody that has questions and I like to see everybody at the finish and you know, it, it can get a little overwhelming with more than that amount of people. So I don't think most people understand what goes into putting on and directing a race. So let's take Mm -hmm. something like green Springs 24. When do you Mm -hmm. start planning the route and preparing for green Springs 24? Well, I mean, it can depend. That was a that was a new race, but I did kind of already know the course. Courses like the Snowy Owl can take months for me to fine tune and really get the perfect, you know, happy what I'm happy with as far as the layout. So, the Green Springs one was easier, although I did get it USATF certified, which took you know a couple of months of of meeting the guy there and showing him the course and him going through it and doing all of that. So, you know, if it was a new race and and we were talking about Green Springs for the first time for next year, I mean, I would definitely start like a year out, probably figuring it out because registration, I feel like the registrations are opening earlier and earlier. You know, it is fun to get that registration open early for something like that so that people can start to form teams and, and everything. 
So, you know, to get the county approval, I go ahead and, and start working on that. The first of the year, I try and get as many done as I can just so that I'm already in with the reservations that I need, which with James City County is really pretty easy. I think because I used to work for Parks and Rec, I have a little bit of leeway with them. I feel like they cool. let me get away with so stuff. The, yeah, so the permitting and all that is just <laughs> yeah. a little bit easier. Never, so it's that, never easy. Yeah. So just so right. people understand, there there is no such yeah. thing as easy when it comes to permitting, but right. easier would be well, good. And, and yeah. I have to say, all of my races are within a park, which right. does make it simpler because I'm not dealing with roads, police, different you know, I'm not going from into different counties or they're all in in a park. And yes. if someone was going to put on a race and they were just doing it like for a charity and they wanted to put on a race, I mean, if you can do it within a park, it's going to be a lot easier for yeah. you. I've mm-hmm. had people say, well, why isn't there a race on the Capitol Trail? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. have you looked at how many communities you go through? Right. How many counties, right. how many cities. And I know it's just 50 miles from yeah. you know Jamestown to Richmond, but go look and see how many communities you have to go to. Right. Each one requires that you get a permit right. because you're going through them. And that's why the Capitol Trail doesn't have a race. And so. that reminds me that they sent me an email after the Green Springs 24, the Capitol Trail people. And they said, even though I had already gotten approval through the county, they said, hey, we heard that you put on a race. You need to let us know next time. And we're on the Capitol Trail for like a like hundred yards. Yeah. yeah, that race. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't responded to them yet. But okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess they just want a heads up. I don't know. I don't know. That's but fun. yeah, it's yeah. it's tricky when you dip into other uh, municipalities and everything. Yeah. So it's just easier to do it at a park. And then you know, I kind of. Try and figure out well what color scheme do I want to do because I okay. do try and change it up. I have a couple different people for awards, so you know that's the, really the fun part. Yeah, kind of planning the awards out. for Green Springs Twenty Four. Yeah. Okay, folks, if yeah. you want a different <laughs> award that's not just your typical award, just sign up for Green Springs next year, <laughs> and you're gonna find out that these were. I was so shocked when I got it. I brought it home and I showed it to my wife. I was like. This is so yeah. incredibly unique. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not going to let the secret out. People will just have to sign <laughs> up and go finish it and find out what the what the award is. Yeah, it was super cool. And we, you know, I had I was going to get them kind of like with Midnight Maniac, like I would have an award for a 50k and a 50 mile and a 100k. And the guy doing the awards had the idea. He's like, well, what if we just had like a little insert? that you could put the distance. And I was yes. like, Ooh, that's a great idea. So much Perfect. easier. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, and they're beautiful. They're so yeah. well made and he yeah. really did a job. So, kudos yeah. on, on the awards yeah. for that. That was, I was, I was very proud to receive mine. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, you know, on, told, so there's, there's a yeah. lot of stuff. So now we're just on awards yeah. and t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. So I am not the best on social media and I'm not the best on marketing and, and all of that. So I, I I think word of mouth is really important and I hope to grow races probably more that way than anything else. Right. Cause I don't put, I don't spend a lot of money on Facebook ads and all of that stuff. So, but you know, you have to go and ultra sign up and create the page and then, you know, do some posts on social media about the race. 
and try and just create a little, maybe have a couple schedule, a couple of training runs. I've done that a few times that can be helpful. Yeah. Um, When do you start planning like what you're going to have at the aid stations and start, you know, putting together your volunteer squad? Yeah, I would say about maybe two month and a half out, two months out. If it's a big race, especially like the My First 50 or the single track, try and look for maybe some leader type people, at least that can lead up an aid station, Right. which worked well for the My First 50. We had aid station leaders who got their own people, which was cool. So that is definitely the the hardest part is to find all the volunteers that you need. That's really right. the hardest part. And Has I recommend easier or harder. Um, I think volunteers. I think, well, it was, it's gotten a little bit harder only because the, there's a lot of saturation of races. It seems right. like there's so many I've, and if someone's not already volunteering, they're running or, or whatever. And uh, so it can be hard. Although I do have like a core group and I do have the North face here in town too, that usually okay. does it. They get, they get paid to volunteer. They get a certain number of volunteer hours a year that they get paid for. Oh, so awesome. um, I have them at single track and a couple other races. So they're nice because they'll send like five or six people. Cool. So yeah, finding the volunteers is, is, is difficult. And I recommend anybody that runs ultras, definitely do some volunteering at the ultras because it's a whole different perspective. It, it, it's so cool. You'll really have a ball. You really yeah. will. And it's so helpful to the race director and, uh, you know, it's a way to give back to the ultra and trail running community. Um, so I, I definitely find that people flip flop a lot. They're like, well, I don't know if I want to volunteer or run this year. You know, they kind of go back and forth and to have as a race director, to have people out on the course that are ultra runners and trail runners is invaluable. I mean, they know what to do. They know they've used aid stations. They know how to set them up. I remember the very first year I did single track maniac and I had a bunch of parks and rec people at the aid stations. I drew out a schematic of how everything should be. You know, here's the cups of the M&Ms. They're going to go here. And then the gummy bears are going to go here. And, uh, awesome. and, and now with the experienced people, it's just great. Just be able to say, all right, here's your yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Dig in. Yep. And that's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of, I have a ground rule. So however many races I sign up for, I have to volunteer mm-hmm. for the same amount. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but it keeps me grounded and helps me yeah. realize that there's a whole lot of sacrifice that goes into me running a race. Yeah. Right. And right. I'm trying to build that, you know, help people understand that. And, and that's, you know, the whole direction of what does it take to put on a race is mm-hmm. for runners to understand there's a whole lot of stuff that goes yeah. into putting on a race. Even just yeah. even even a a ten miler right. takes a whole lot of work that goes into it. Prepare you know preparing time long before they tow the start line. Yeah. Well, know. and and I'm really really crazy about and Green Springs wasn't really an issue, but marking the course, I am like I am insane about it. I mean, I am so scared that someone's going to get lost that I spend days usually marking the course and just making sure that it's perfect so i will tell you soupy i i did get turned around one time but it wasn't because the course wasn't marked it's because i get turned around in my backyard so you know i mean well that one that one was kind of meant to be a little bad 
only because that was a self-supported race. And that was kind of like that race was meant to be absolutely miserable in every way. So I think I was you a little succeeded. bit on the market for that one. <laughs> you succeeded in the miserable in every way. You notice I haven't been back out for that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I would Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, now it's on that other course though, so it's not so bad. I, so 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 I'll probably have to come out and run it again. Yeah. Because you but know, the... I mean, you, I've experienced miserableness once, so yeah. why not just go do I it again? Have... <laughs> I think it was the which race was it? Maybe it was the Tascans Creek. The last time I was I had marked it. I think, yeah, Taskins Creek. And then I went out to double check my markings like two day, day before the race. Right. And one of the arrows had been flipped around the other way. Oh, no. And I'm thinking in my head, what would I have done? I mean, this yeah. would have trailed my entire race if I hadn't gone out and checked. Yeah. So it makes me totally nervous. Yeah. That, and well, and that's one of the one of the challenges with having them in parks. Is right. That people go, true. hmm. Yeah, let me just turn this around and see if I can <laughs> right. screw some people up. Right, right. But, you know, one thing I definitely learned is something is always going to go wrong. Always. And I kind of wait for that. Like, what is it going to be for this race? What's going to go right. wrong? One year for the single track, I locked keys inside of a running van that had all of my aviation stuff in it. And it was four o'clock in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So, and it was a county van. So I could, I didn't want to like break, so you can't window. break into it. <laughs> so, oh, no. yeah. So that was pretty bad. And I mean, yeah. it, it's always something Not you have. To, that's the key is you just have to, okay, let's adapt. You know, that's awesome. And that's the same thing with running ultra. I mean, it things is. are going to go it wrong. Is. You have to adapt. Well, and that's, um, that's where it comes back to. This is just yeah. a microcosm of life. Things right. are going to go wrong. Right. You know? exactly. Do not plan to have a perfect life. It right. things will go wrong, you know? So go and sometimes out. Sometimes you learn a lot more things. when they go wrong. You learn yeah. like in a race that goes wrong. I mean, you learn so much. Yeah. Um, for the next one. So yeah, that's why like whenever I pace or crew somebody, I tell people there's a whole lot of adapting that is gonna happen mm -hmm. within the mm -hmm. ultra. But you just kind of yeah. get out there and do it. But I tell people, you know, like I crew and I pace because I, I actually the whole point I was making was I'm yeah. not the I'm not the greatest runner. And so I'm not going to go to Western states or anything like the thing is, is I like to crew and pace people, especially <laughs> like if they're in their first hundred yeah. or something like that, because I like figured out all the things that can go wrong. So when it's when all of a sudden your race ends up upside down, I can go, okay, this is just a moment. One of the things I always do after a race is have a debrief. Okay, yeah. what, are, what are the things we learned in the toughest moments? Because right. those are important to remember, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you always go through that, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm doing real damage to myself. You know, yeah. oh my gosh, I, I'm... I'm going to be injured after this. And then like two days later, you're jogging around and you're fine. You know, yeah. it's like, and you realize, okay, that was just temporary uh, pain. Yeah. And discomfort. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You yeah, get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. So, yeah. Because we've, we've yeah. created a, a culture where we want to be comfortable. And right. I'm just like, Hey, let's get uncomfortable because that's the more where we the growth happens. You know? That's when we're yeah. going to be better humans. Yeah. And, that's one of the things I love about you is I watched at Green Springs. I don't even know how many people said they were stopping. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Ellen said, "No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. Go back and do do another loop, and then come back and tell me you're stopping again." I, and I thought I've that had was awesome. people tell me that during a race too, you know. So I've had yep. the other side of it. So <laughs> yeah, do you consider your biggest strength as a race director in the ultra running community? Biggest strength? Well, I don't know. I think I would say try and really take the time and patience with each individual person. Any emails that I get from them, I mean, I'm always answering them back very quickly with a lot of detailed information. I always try and send out informational emails that make them feel like what they're doing is a big deal and that it's meaningful and that I'm happy and excited about it. I just try and be positive and keep everybody positive as best I can. Yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that I like to challenge people, sometimes they don't like it. So I think it's a strength that I like to challenge people, but I did have someone tell me they were going to punch me in the face one time at the end of a race. So, <laughs> you know, at the I, Supi <laughs> seven. <laughs> so that's kind of like a strength that maybe they feel a couple of days later. They're like, Oh, I'm really glad that she did that, <laughs> but yes. maybe yeah. not in the moment. Yeah. So I think it's just uh, creating a, a fun, very memorable kind of event that just has a, a really good positive vibe yeah. is the goal. Not too serious. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll notice I like to laugh. I like to have fun when I'm out there. And even in the midst of suffering, I'm like, I'm going to find something to have fun <laughs> find some way to make this fun. Yeah. If you can just smile to yourself, you know, sometimes that's the boost that you, uh, or thank a volunteer, do something positive, and that'll kind of yeah. give you a little little boost. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So when you hear the phrase, living an ultra life, what's the first thing that springs to your mind? I think living an ultra life, I would say, just like we were talking about, somebody who is willing to do hard things, challenge themselves, push the limits of human ability mentally and physically. And of course, your mind goes to trails because most ultras that I would do personally are on trails, although there are ultras not on trails, but you get that sense of uh, that trail community in that phrase, I think, too. All right. Yeah. So take us out of here. Mm -hmm. Why should somebody run a Happy Cat event? Someone should run a Happy Cat event because it's going to be a challenging event that's going to allow you to push yourself in a way maybe you haven't done before. You're going to meet a lot of really cool people. You're going to probably, if you're not already a trail runner, become a trail runner and you're going to be going online and looking for the next trail race you can do as soon as you finish. So true on all of them. Alan, thank yeah. you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on living an ultra life.